you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The R word, really? We're going for that? Yeah, we're we're doing that. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's amazing. Welcome back to Elder Speak. This is episode 19, the podcast for elder-geek.com. With us this week is Mops, our senior editor for the site. Hey. And Kip, our public relations director. Hey, what's happening? And I'm Gavin, the news editor for the site, and we're going to go get right into it right now, episode 19. Uh, Mops, let's start with you. How, how geeky has your week been? My week has been kind of geeky, kind of boring. Um... <laughs> I um I've been playing a bit um uh Red Faction Gula again just to you know finish it uh and then I've been playing some Condemn 2 for the kind of first time so um yeah I'm liking that so far at least it's 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 condemned only with uh, with better gameplay I guess um it's not quite what I'm used to in survival horror games so um it takes me kind of. It, it took me kind of a while to get used to the to the faster pace and and the uh, and the action bits, but um, I, it's pretty good. The atmosphere is definitely there to to mm. to make it a survival horror, and of course you do have very limited ammo, and and it's pretty damn hard even on the casual setting, which I'm playing on right now. So yeah, uh, I'd uh, I'd probably recommend that. I was impressed with the gameplay, both the um, forensic materials and the melee focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I felt Condemned 2 was a real step down story-wise from the original Condemned. I felt it went too much into the supernatural territory. Yeah, I played, I finished Condemned 1, and um, and I, I, I don't know, I didn't really like the ending of it. I won't spoil it, but mm-hmm. let's just say it didn't really do anything for me. Um, it wasn't really... It didn't seem like they spent a lot of time on it, and it didn't seem like they really tried to tie things together, you know? But um, uh, so far, just I don't know what's going on in Condemned Condemn 2 in terms of story. I have no idea. I'm at, I'm at the uh, the second part, or second level, or whatever you want to call it, and um, uh, there's, you know, people are mad at me, and I don't know why. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, depending on your playstyle, you can beat the game and still have no idea what was going on. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, but Kip, what's going on with you? How geeky has your week been? Uh, kind of, I mean, kind of an adventure geeky week. Uh, I drove through two tornadoes on my way Oops. to North Dakota. Hey, those, uh, uh-huh. I don't know if you, anybody heard about the tornadoes that hit in Minneapolis, but I drove through them, so that was kind of crazy. So when but, you say through, do you mean uh, you saw them in the distance, or do you mean... Through. I have the storm no, I, physically through. I, I, I ran through them, oh. <laughs> carrying my PlayStation. <laughs> no, no, I mean I just I drove through the storms that yeah. produced tornadoes. I never saw them, so that would be mm. insane. Yep. I would have turned around. <laughs> well, I'm already halfway there, and I paid for the gas. Might as well keep going. <laughs> so. No, but um, other than that, you know, as just like Mots did, I, I, you know, obvious first thing to set up when you get to a new apartment, 
the gaming setup. And dude, mine is just piss poor right now. Right now, here's here's what I got going because I don't have an entertainment center. I have my kitchen table shoved into the corner of my of my uh, living room with my big screen on top of this kitchen table, and then I'll, like my PlayStation, my Chimera action figure, and my hard drive sitting on <laughs> sitting on my kitchen table. You have a Chimera action figure from Resident Evil. Oh yeah. No. What the hell's wrong with you? No, I'm just I'm just figuring since you know. Chimera are from Resistance. Oh yeah, sorry, Resistance. (laughs) They both start with an R, you know. Same thing. So so does retarded. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, we gotta edit that out, but. (laughs) Nah, let's keep it. All right. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, you know, yeah, I mean, it came with the Resistance Special Edition. You got the Chimera action figure. Cool. That I don't think that was in Europe. Oh, really? Because, you know, I sold the game, and we didn't get it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it came in a big box. Yeah, with the action figure, it came with a concept art book, came with some propaganda, like hmm. American propaganda for the war. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that, actually. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. So yeah. I got that. Anyway, and uh, the game I've been playing, uh, I haven't, this is the first time I've had my PlayStation hooked up to the Internet all summer. So it was just like download heaven as soon as I got here, of course, <laughs> updating and everything. And anyway, I, I downloaded the Arkham Asylum demo, which Ooh. I was I was basically not expecting much from that game. And, dude, that game is pretty kick-ass. When yeah. you go into, when you go into detective mode, that is so cool, and you can like look in the guys, and it tells how they're feeling and stuff. That's so awesome. I really like that game. It's uh, it's really Batman. It's more Batman than Absolutely. Batman mo- movies, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like uh, the character bios. Those are so awesome. I was mm. like, when you go back and read them, you could read through the different yeah. parts of them, and that was really interesting. And they they throw a couple of like you know really deep comic book characters right out right at you right off the bat like oracle you're like i had to be like oh yeah oracle i barely even remember her you know yeah we talked about that on last podcast actually me and Nate and randy oh, my bad. no 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 problem um and uh, yeah and and one of the points they mentioned was how how much they liked the the character art the the character mm-hmm. designs um, I, I I personally disagree with the with the design of Batman, but I think uh, the Joker and and Harley Quinn, for example, are really exceptional designs. How about yeah. you? Yeah, for, I just yeah, go ahead, Gavin. I was just gonna bring up, uh, of course, the performances from the uh, voice cast of the anime series are also just incredible. Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker, mm. specifically. I'm pretty sure they yeah. got Harley. But excellent performances. Really, um, I was expecting sort of a tacked-on kind of, not necessarily tacked-on performance, but tacked-on movement and animation towards the performance. But they synced up perfectly. Mm. And you know, it was, you know, it was something like you know, I'm I'm usually not the biggest like HD graphics make a difference or anything kind of guy. But when I first saw the Joker in the commercials and stuff, I was like, oh, he kind of looks silly. You know, he's not that scary looking. But when I watched him. Like when he headbutts the guy, I think Randy mentioned that last week on the podcast. Mm. The the big smile on his face was just so creepy looking, and I was like, "Wow, that like I did not notice that until I played the game." So I really dug that a lot. So. Yeah, and just now the reviews are starting to pour in, and they're looking pretty good. So definitely, I'm I'm surprised by just how good it is, and you I'm should, very mm. pleased. We should also mention that our review will be forthcoming on ElderGeek.com in the near future. Of course. 
Oh, so, absolutely. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, that pretty much rounds out your week, Kip? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, other than that, I've just been, uh, just been moving, you know, doing the thing, getting ready for school again. Another, another year, man. So... <laughs> Alright, I shall quiet, try and condense my week. I, um, I'm going, actually this is my month in gaming, depending on how long I've been on, um, the podcast, but I shall call, I shall call my week in gaming a Requiem laptop. For, um, recently I acquired a new laptop, a Toshiba Satellite Series, um, 4 gigabytes of RAM, 500, uh, gigabytes of on, on, on system hard drive, and it was just, in, it was just incredible. It ran Vista, which kind of depressed me. I, this is my first time with Vista, and it, I really didn't like it. But it, I would get a free upgrade with Windows 7 with it. But all that is irrelevant because within a month of obtaining this new laptop, I had to return it for money. So unfortunately, I lost it. And the most depressing part of it was um, my current laptop setup that I've had for a couple of years is just pathetic when it comes to gaming. And I use it for notes in class and all that. But getting this new laptop brought me back to how much fun I had with PC gaming. If I was a fanboy for anything, it would be for the PC. I got Sherlock Holmes The Awakened, which is Sherlock Holmes plus Cthulhu, which is a fanboy's dream. I got Jade Empire on it. I got Steam full up and running full uh, full Steam um, for the first time ever <laughs> on my computer. Um, nice. Playing all the Half-Life, um, all this stuff. And it was just a, a return to epicness. And yet I had mm. to return it, and I lost all that, which is depressing. Yeah, but you got a taste. You got a taste. That was it. <laughs> yep. But um, hopefully within the next month, I shall be able to reassert my financial dominance and regain another laptop. But until then, a rather depressing side note. But in terms of other gaming, I have also recently acquired Assassin's Creed, and been going through that repetitive. The repetitive nature of the game has already set in. I'm on the fifth of nine assassinations, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very impressive game nonetheless. Uh, I also have. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, what you need to do is do the bare minimum of the investigations stuff. Oh, absolutely. And then just they just do the assassins because they are actually really fun. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, Go ahead. I was just going to mention I do do the uh, the full side quest missions like um, saving the citizens just for the boost in your health that uh, you acquire for it. Yeah, uh, the more it, it's it's not really that hard in the end. You really don't need it. No, I mean but, combat. Uh, yeah, but that's my obsessive gaming nature. Yeah. But com- combat in the game has just... Um, it quickly becomes irrelevant. Once you learn counter kills, mm. it just becomes a waiting game. And it, it almost becomes a quick time event. You are standing there with your sword, and you can be surrounded by 20 enemies, and they'll attack you at one, one at a time. It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and they'll go in for you, and you uh, you hit X, or the accompanying button on the PS3 version, I, I don't know. And then you counter, you flip over and counter the kills, and you're just waiting for that X button, and mm. it just becomes... Now I'll tell you what, I, I like AI with a sense of honor. I can appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, and, and and the system does make you feel like a really badass, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It makes you feel like this fluid killing machine. I literally took down, uh, 25, I literally took down 25 guards before getting to Acre the first time, and just one after the other counter kills, and indeed, <laughs> I did feel like badass. Uh, go ahead, um, Kip. I, Recently, I actually picked up Assassin's Creed 2, and I got Assassin's Creed and Modern Warfare uh, and Modern Warfare for $30 together. Wow. Yeah, I think you mentioned so, that, actually. Yeah, really good, good deal. deal. And, good deal. Uh, 
Yes, and I just I I haven't I just played the beginning Assassin's Creed again because I last time I had played it, me and a roommate of mine were alternating it. So he was playing like a level, and then I was coming and playing a level. So I never got as into it as I should have. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna start it, start again here pretty quick. So I'm gonna say something. You have to really, really, really pay attention to the story of that game because it's excellent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right. it's it's the sort of in depth uh, research kind of story. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. if you don't pay attention to it, it will go completely over your head. Yep. Yeah. And I thought. I'm not going to even tag spoilers onto this because technically if it's revealed within one second of you playing the game, it's not a spoiler. Mm. But the, the futuristic sequences in which the, the use of the memory machine I felt was a really good story implementation because it really breaks up the action where it doesn't get, it doesn't get too monotonous. And there's yeah. actually a lot of good voice work in the futuristic segments. And it, and it allows for a much grander, greater storyline. It allows Absolutely. for this conspiracy theory thing that you wouldn't really be able to have if you, the game was set completely in the... Um, third uh, Crusade, yeah. Yeah, Third Crusade. Here, okay, yeah, I was ready for... I absolutely hate that it takes place in the future in a memory machine. <laughs> Admittedly, <laughs> that device is a, is a bit lame, but once you get no, into it... No, I don't it, even I... care about that. You know why, you know why I, I was attracted to that game at the beginning? Because I was an assassin... I wasn't a space marine. <laughs> I wasn't some futuristic warrior. I was a, an assassin who used knives in the past during the Crusades. That was attractive. No, but but and you are though. Se- no, I'm not. I'm a robot. <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man hooked so, up to a machine so, using so, genetic memories, all Ubisoft up. Okay, <laughs> so, hey. so so you can't. So your problem <laughs> with the game is then that you can't let go of that fact. No, I mean, it's, it's, well, he, that's the point of the game. The point of the game isn't just that, hey, I'm an assassin, I gotta, like, abide by the honor of the world of the assassin. The point of the game is, like, I'm, oh, I'm helping this, this scientist that's blackmailing me. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of that game, they were like, oh, here's the, the cake, you know? <laughs> well, just, okay, uh, so, 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 like, well, I mean, uh, I guess I kind of felt that way at first, but once mm-hmm. I really started to get into the story and, and started to research everything and see how, absolutely astonishingly astonishingly correct it is and how it references everything and how it sort of builds on this whole conspiracy that I can imagine them building further on in the future in the next games I I, I don't know I just I kind of forgave them for that because you know it wouldn't exist without that part yeah so I mean it's 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 one or the other to me and I I gotta admit I I haven't played yeah I have not played enough of the game to like fully, like, taking the story. I'm just saying, based on the premise of the game. Like, mm. I was very, like, what the hell, you know what I mean, right off the bat, so... But, and I mean, that's old past, news. So. Yeah. Once you get past the prologue elements, the futuristic scenes become more and more interchangeable. They're, um, yeah. you Once you get into the meat of the assassinations, you can really see that the story could have worked as an assassination zone, and the um, futuristic segments are more of a garnish. But again, yeah. that's um, again, that's again, every player. finish the game first. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. You know, what, you know what? You know what's interesting about that though, as far as um the psychology portion of it about like the genetic memory and stuff, you'd be surprised how close like that mm-hmm. really is. Yep. I mean, it's not not to the extent of like you'd actually be able to pull memories from DNA or anything like that, uh, but just well, like the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of theory out there. Uh, not, I mean, not really well researched theory anymore, but research where physics starts to kind of meet. Uh, with with uh, psychology, 
and it's pretty cool that it has a lot to do with like genetic memory. It's awesome. Yeah, from from what I can tell, I've, I actually read up on this stuff all the time because you know I have nothing better to do. Um, from <laughs> what I can tell, it's it's at the stage where they think um, cells carry their gen- genetic memory, but genetic memory doesn't mean uh, what we consider a memory. It means yeah. um, traits in 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 our ancestors, you know, traits in their DNA. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean mean thoughts and 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 real memories. So. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it is um, kinetic intelligence. Yeah, that's what it's called—the kinetic intelligence that you, you, you can pass like your muscle. Like it's sort of like with um, a lot of African Americans too. They found like they have a greater, a greater amount of fast twitch muscle fibers, and so like that gets passed on and passed on and passed on. You mm. know, so it's okay. I don't know. It's it's kind of gets iffy, but. Once whatever. the topic so of anyway. discussion, yes. <laughs> once the topic of discussion starts going over the host's head, uh, to Move on a bit there. <laughs> so. so, major events this week. Gamescom in Cologne, Germany, the town with the musty masculine scent. Um, Cologne, but I'm dumb. Okay, never mind. Um, but <laughs> what we're going to do here is we're disregarding the question of the week in effort to properly dive into all the news that happened this week, um, both Gamescom and non-Gamescom. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with non-Gamescom news, move into the the meat of the uh, news we got from the con, and then round major announcements, and of course, offering our insightful, brilliant commentary to each piece. So we're going to start off here uh, first with non-gamecom-related news, and our first topic of discussion is MAG, the no longer the massive action game, just MAG, uh, but the 256 online shooter fest from Sony's PS3, and um, we have a tentative release date of early 2010. But more important, we have an announcement of an open beta beginning September 17th. So hopefully pretty soon we're going to be able to get some notes on whether or not these 256-player battles will actually work. What do you guys think? This kind of surprises me, especially the open beta part, because it's not that long ago that um, they um, started the closed beta. But that beta was so closed that even journalists couldn't get in. It was basically just friends of the developers. Uh, So. So it, yeah. it kind of surprises me that so soon after that they're they're going full fledged open beta. I would have thought they would limit it some somewhat first, but yeah. Well, and the other thing is um, when they sent out the invites like two weeks ago or whatever, and mm. then those weren't they weren't actually invites. Contrary to quite because I got one. I mean, contrary to many uh, different journalists saying that they were invites, they were not. They were actually a survey that you got that asked you about your first-person shooter, like, skill, how long you play, how often you play, what consoles you play, and then you sent that survey in and why you should be a beta tester as well. You send that survey in, then they come back to you and send out your invites. So not everybody who got invited has really gotten in yet. So I'm wondering if their open beta means, really just means that those people are going to get their invites, and then as they go, it's going to be more open, or if that's just going to be downloadable on that day. I think it's going to be the same way MMOs do it, because really, I mean, we're getting to the point where we can call this game an MMO, sort of, in my opinion, at least. Uh, uh, I hope so. I mean, it has massive in the title, for Christ's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, not not anymore. Okay, not anymore. But but, but to to get to my point, um, I think they're going to do what MMOs usually do, is where they set a limit to how many people can, can join the beta, and then they invite twice as many, and or, or let mm-hmm. twice as many in and leave it at that 
to sort of stress the servers. So there's constantly a stream of people getting kicked out or getting uh, in put in queues uh, for for getting into the game. So they sort of mm-hmm. really test the servers because that's the servers because that's the purpose of ba- of these betas. It's not to test the gameplay as much as it's to test the servers if they uh, servers if they can handle the load and everything. So okay. I think that's what probably what what they're planning planning to do. Well, there you go. Expert opinion. All right. So <laughs> everyone looking forward to that. Maybe we can get some more details from Kip as the beta approaches. But yep. moving on, another PS3 title. There was a lot of PlayStation news this week, um, but this one is about Little Big Planet, specifically the go- um, Game of the Year edition. Mm. Uh, we got more mm-hmm. details on that. We got uh, we got a, some brief analysis earlier on, but now we actually have a finalized release date of September 8th and details on what you could expect if you pick up the disc. You get the um, initial game, 18 selected user levels, um, a couple of downloadable packs like the Metal Gear Solid pack, the History pack, and a couple others, and probably knowing Media Molecule, a buttload of stickers and various commodities you can use in the creation feature. So again, we have... um, So what do you guys think of that? Um, Well... uh on the box, it says it's uh, downloadable content for at least 30 bucks, right, in value. Yep. So, I mean, that's pretty substantial. That kind of lets you know how much uh, Media Molecule has supported the game since its release, uh, when it's half the price of the new game. Uh, but I- I'm wondering if, if they recently announced um, add-on or patch or whatever that includes water into the game yes. will be in this. I, I don't believe so, Kip. Do you know? Kip, you're kind um, of uh, low. Yeah, you're very soft, Kip. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Wrong way. No, no, you're coming in a bit, still a bit low on the audio front, Kip. How about now? Awesome. There we go. Yeah, we sorry, go. guys. My, my headset just slowly started drifting away from me. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I'm just laying down. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I don't know if the pack costs anything. The water pack, does it? Um, From what I've seen, no, but again, they're also including a lot of free content as well in the the pack, so I'm pretty sure with uh, a release this soon, Mots, that Mm. they're just going to leave it out and let people download it by themselves, especially if it's free. Mm. So I think what we uh, what we have now is just what what we've listed, just a couple of download packs, tons of stickers, and selected levels. Yeah, let's another. Another hold on. Another interesting thing about Little Big Planet is that even if you don't download these pack or like the Metal Gear Solid pack that came with the paintball guns, you know, yeah. Even if you didn't download that, when you go onto the user-made levels that use it, you still get to play with it. Mm. So yep. it's it's like the only reason you really have to get those is if, if you want to put them in your own create, created levels. Yep. Otherwise, I mean, I mean, you're pretty good to use them whenever. So. And I mean, the hardcore level creators will obviously download absolutely everything and probably use it as well, so you're pretty safe. All right, well, there you go. Yet another reason to pick that up. Hopefully, people will. Um, Now, in relation to all of these um, service updates we've been seeing, on August 11th, we had a huge update from Xbox Live, giving us Avatar Marketplace and Games on Demand. PS3 has premiered their version, or a comparable update to the cross-media bar firmware 3.0 and uh, that's not we don't have an exact date when we're going to receive that 
But we do we know. Do we do have we do. an exact date? Oh, it's September, yeah, September. September 1st. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, yep. there you go. I'm moving on. Okay, Kip. What else you got for us on it then? On the firmware update? Yes. Do you? Whoa. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? It's... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Someone being abducted. You guys know what that? That's a, that's a train outside my house. <laughs> wow. Dude, North Dakota is like the train train capital of the world, man. I'll go. I'm I'm gonna go in the Fantastic. kitchen so I can be as far away from it as possible. Sorry. Okay, cool. Um, so you know, from we went from airports to McDonald's bikers to trains. So <laughs> weren't we? Didn't we that. sort of uh, step into a Burger King as well? Oh, yeah, we were in Burger King for a while. Anyway, so get back to the firmware. <laughs> Nobody cares about my escapades. Anyway, so back to the firmware. Um, a couple of good things added. The, how the how you scroll through the cross-media bar remains the same, but how the in, the menus are set up is much different and obviously aimed at more of a casual audience. Um, for example, when you go down the cross-media bar, if you want to go to the video store, which, uh, dude, a lot of casual gamers don't even know that their PlayStation has a video store. Now you click on the store icon underneath video, it brings you right to the video store. So on the on the picture on every one of the individual media um, icons, there is now a there is now a store button that will bring you right to that portion of the store. So the game store brings you to the game store, video store brings you to the video store, uh, concept art for images, I guess, or whatever. But anyway, so that's mm. how it's set up now. Um, I can't remember every single little thing, but that was like the biggest one. I can. Uh, you you have the what's new feature, which is underneath. Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, I think it's a network tab, um, and it's basically just a, a sort of update, uh, uh, a more mm-hmm. detailed update, and everything that's new on uh, the PlayStation Store or in the PlayStation World, I think. So basically, well, and it, it tells you if you have messages, what yeah. time it is, all that kind of stuff too. So yeah, you can also launch pre- um, recently played games from it. It's just a. It's another mm. convenient hub for the PlayStation mm. Cross Media Bar. Oh, so, and uh, and uh, and um, they uh, not to forget they have custom themes now, custom yeah. dynamic oh, themes. Yeah. That looks really Dynamic, very cool. dynamic yeah. meaning meaning movement for those of you that haven't seen the video. Well, also <laughs> you could uh, you could program it to uh, to change uh, depending on the time of day. So let's mm-hmm. say they showed off the Little Big Planet one where you saw the sun going up and down. Depending on what time mm-hmm. of day it was, so yeah, walk on. So very okay. interactive. Hmm. It will probably cost like two or three dollars, so most people probably won't come out to be I'm, honest. I'm hoping so. this will replace the whole premium theme stuff. Yeah, because honestly, that's just silly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> September. 1st, so are please. we in? Are are we in the gamers con talk now? Or um, not quite. No. <laughs> Okay, because I, I, I was going to say, we, sh- we should just call it Sony Fanboy Orgasm Day, because that's what it was. <laughs> it was like every, every, everything everybody ever wanted came to a climax at once. <laughs> so Massive anyway. orgy, yes, absolutely. Bukake all around. Yeah. But, yeah. well, yeah. then let's continue and fin- round out the news, um, aside from Games Club, which evidently there is still a lot of Sony-related news, go figure. But um, along the line, moving down, moving on down, Persona 3, oddly, is coming to the PSP. They kind of skipped Persona 2, but this is launching day day and launch for the PSP Go in Japan. Uh, play, mm-hmm. Persona 3 Portable, a v- rather obvious name. And probably the, only, the most meaty thing new to the game is the new option to play as a female protagonist. 
And due to the game's uh, social link structure where you uh, interact with various people, I'm sure new romantic options and other other things will present itself once your gender changes. But a very odd thing, and due to the size of the game, I'm not sure exactly how they can really fit the game onto the PSP without truncating it. But yet another placation to the fanboys, and I don't really see anyone complaining. They, uh, they'll just decrease the texture quality and stuff like yeah. that. I think, but uh, I mean, uh, Persona is 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 that a game that has sort of um, consistent storyline throughout the games, or is it independent each time? Um, independent with um, overarching things. Okay, so it doesn't really matter that much that I didn't that I didn't do the two. Oh no, absolutely not. No, yeah. you can pick up any of the games, it, but those that have played other games with the, even in the larger Shimigami Tensei level will understand subtle references or reused characters. Okay. But yeah, so everyone look out for that. We don't have any release schedules outside of Japan yet, but of course we will keep you updated. And now back onto the PC, uh, the popular country-sized MMO, uh, World of Warcraft, is going to have a published magazine coming out um, in terms of a direct publication tied to the game. Uh, let's see. I have our post right here. Let's dive into it a little bit here. Uh, quarterly, which is four times a year, uh, covering all aspects of Blizzard's World of Warcraft. Uh, we're looking at it this fall, and we're go- probably going to get more information on it about BlizzCon, but yet another thing tied to World of Warcraft. Um, I don't play it, so I have no real commentary on this. What about you guys? Um, it sounds interesting. Uh, I guess I'd pick up a copy just to check it out, but um, I'm surprised that they're, they're just doing it quarterly. I, I wish they would have done it monthly and just include a bunch of community, community stuff. Mm-hmm. So have like the first yeah. kill of some sort of boss in the world or, you know, whatever. Uh, the reason they're probably doing it quarterly <laughs> is they're testing it out. Because you know? yeah. they, they want to test to see if it's going to make it or not. But, yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, I don't care. That's I, I'm not into World of Warcraft or that kind of gaming, I guess. So, to me, I'm just kind of like... I mean, another thing to suck those people's soul out of their bodies. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like Blizzard, so. I mean, this is still a, qual- a quality piece of merchandise. The initial issue that we have right here is uh, 148 pages of oh. various articles and artwork. And um, it is published by Future, who, are, uh, who also publishes magazines uh, such as PC Gamer and Games Master. So we do have sort of, uh, it is more than just a cheap tie-in. Aren't they the guys behind Core as well? Um, I'm not sure. I be- um, not quite sure, no. Um, Kev, do you know? Mm-hmm. I'm well, not sure. Core is made by Graffiti. Oh, okay. There. So. Well, okay. All right. Guess, uh, that settles that. Yep. Guess our combined reaction to the World of Warcraft magazine. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> yeah. okay. How about how about this? Without getting too far into the digital distribution uh, discussion, what do you guys think about Xbox having downloadable games? Uh, games uh, on demand. Yeah, game. Well, whatever. Yeah, downloadable games. Games on demand. Whatever. So. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm happy with the conven- I'm happy with the convenience, but I'm skeptical on how many people are going to be what I presume to be ripped off. Um, not necessarily to the point of you know price gouging, but recently Saints Hill uh, Saints Row the original was released on Games on Demand and at a price point of thirty dollars, where uh, a single search on eBay or bargain bin a local game uh, game store would procure a copy twenty to fifteen bucks. So I'm mm. not um, 
the convenience cost for this is fairly high, but um, I can definitely see it being a boon to the service. Also, also just used. You could probably get it dirt cheap. You could get it for yeah. five or, or ten, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, depending, so but it's uh, just... Just to clarify, this this is you download it to your system, or yes. you're just playing it like okay. So to me right now, I just feel like the Xbox 360 is ill-equipped to ha- have this service. If you have an arcade, you can't even do it. <laughs> like, no, you but can't even do it. No. Like, see, see, Microsoft are geniuses because they overcharge for hard drives like crazy, and if they can get you to buy a hard drive, that's pretty much incentive enough for them to, to, to launch the service, I think. I, think about this. Anybody anybody who's going to actually download, buy a game is not going to have the arcade. The arcade person, the person who owns the arcade is the guy who plays Madden and plays one other thing or whatever. And so to me, it just seems like, okay, this is obviously headed toward the hardcore gamer. And that to me, it's just—it's very contradictory to everything else they've been doing with that desk, with their dashboard. And so I just—I'm—I'm I'm just very confused by this whole move. Plus, even if you bought like the 120 gig hard drive version or whatever the elite, whatever, whatever the elite is, that's not that many games. Plus all your music, plus your video. So I don't know. It just seems it's ill-equipped to me overall, even for hardcore gamer standards. So on that uh, on that subject, I just have to commend. Um commend uh, Sony for for uh, for launching the Slim with a 120 gig hard drive off the bat because mm-hmm. you know yeah. that's that's the one that all the casual guys will buy because they haven't been able to afford a PS3 until now so so yeah. that sort of opens this up to them just to sort of drop in that absolutely well again um, I'm just concerned with the price point but mm. moving back into Sony which we seem to be doing this week quite a bit um, <laughs> Again, we're going to sideline from the PS3 Slim yet, save that for the end, build anticipation. But right now, um, actually, we're starting to see what um, actually seems to be Mops and Kif's dream come true. Uh, not dream, but ideas come true. Uh, iPhone developers are beginning to move development time and products to the PSP Go already before launch. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so we're seeing the PSP Go, especially with announcements from game, uh, Gamescom, move more in line to being a sort of iPhone-esque gaming system. Mm-hmm. I, I I think this is uh, great, but I, I have to comment on the fact that I think this is because Sony uh, decreased the development kit price by 80%, and I also think, I mean, from, from reading reports and stuff, uh, apparently you don't really make all that much money on the iPhone. The the chunk that, mm-hmm. that Apple actually takes for themselves, is, uh, themselves are, are uh, rather large, so... Yeah, I, I think this may be uh, sort of a way to put pressure on on Apple as well. Because to be honest, I don't really think that Minis will sell that well. So, who knows? I think we'll I think we'll see a degree of success between community games and arcade games on the Xbox 360. That's what we can expect from Minis. Yeah, much more than community, much less than arcade. So, but again, it's a hundred meg it's a hundred megabyte word um, size limit. These are going to be the what's the word um, when your um, instinctual purchases just out of the blue um, they're probably going to be extraordinarily cheap so they're banking on this kind of um, just buy for absolutely no reason shits and giggles kind of game yeah so I, mm. I I can see them having at least a bit of success with that yeah but again iPhone developers moving on to that so hopefully we'll see something about that but all right 
now we're finally going to get into the game's come announcements. Um, media all around t- from every possible facet. EA had a press conference and released new trailers, new footage from all of their main titles, Brutal Legend, Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 2, Old Republic. But what we're going to focus on here is more about the new game announcements and debut trailers, stuff we're going to be seeing for the first time. And what we have so far is Napoleon Total War, a, a sequel within the Empire Total War franchise, Guild Wars 2, a major announcement for the fans of those series, uh, Tower of Shadows, a um, new WiiWare title, uh, an, an inventive sort of platformer utilizing a shadow, light, and dark mechanic, hmm. Zombie Tycoon, rather self-explanatory, although an odd combination, Dead Nation, a um, top-down zombie frog fest, not, not at all similar to Burn Zombie Burn, let me just drop in whoever thinks that I, I mean that looks surprisingly good if you've seen the trailer with um, the, especially with the graphics which Tower one? Dead Nation Tower. oh Dead Nation yeah, yeah, um, that, yeah. That, those explosions yeah. looked remarkably good um, I'm not a big fan of top down shooters whatever the PSN has like 18 of those yeah. and so I, when I was when this was the new game by the Super Stardust guys which at one time I held the ninth best score in the world for co-op. Just throw Ooh, that out there. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm on there. Look at it. I think I'm like 200th now, though. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> I don't know. It just seemed to me it was like this is what they've been working on for two years. You know, I don't know. It well, just, to it be just, fair, like, the graphics look cool. They've released like 12 uh, Super Stardust uh, patches, so expansions. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Especially but I. Don't, Go ahead, Kip. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I mean, I mean, the the portion of the game that looks interesting to me is the how you go to different countries. That's the like the the strategy element of it, yeah. I guess. But the the as far as the actual gameplay, it just looks like a pretty typical run around until you die with zombies. I don't know. I I wasn't especially impressed. You mentioned something re- really interesting there, because I saw Norway on the map, and I'm wondering if they'll yeah. actually customize the environments you're, you're fighting in based on, you know, yeah. landmarks and stuff like that. That'd be pretty, pretty cool. So, so what, 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 what would you like to see in the Norway level? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, they're probably just going to do Oslo or something, which is this pretty standard-looking European city. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish they would do nature and, and, you know, mountains and stuff like that, but I don't see how they yeah. do that, so. So. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, especially after the release of Burn, Zombie, Burn, and we can see the top-down zombie frag-fest shooter being a very popular downloadable title. So we're going to see, hopefully, between now and release, how Dead Nation is going to distinguish itself beyond graphics. Mm. But beyond that, we have Loco Roco Midnight Carnival, Eye of Judgment PSP, and a couple of expansions to The Sims 3, World Adventures, and EA Sports Active, creatively titled More Workouts. (laughs) So, I mean, all right, barring the major announcements here, we have a ton of stuff. Don't keep the spoiler tags on, guys. What is your favorite kind of piece of new media that's come out of the Gamescom conference? Um, Napoleon, Total War. Probably. Yeah, just because I'm a Total War fan and everything else is unknown and new to me. It'll, be a, it'll hopefully be another game for our Patrick Fang to do a historical analysis on because they're planning to do yep. Napoleon's entire military career. But, uh, Kip, what are your thoughts on it? Um, On Napoleon? Or on my, yep. what game, I think? Let's I, start with Napoleon. I, I'm not that... 
I'm not that into the the, uh, the, the those kind of games, I guess. But I mean, I'm all I'm all for sequels. I'm all for improvements for games. I guess. <laughs> I don't really have that much thoughts on it. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Right, well, but. all right. Barring major announcements, <laughs> what's your what's your media piece of media for Gamescom this year aside from the major big big guys? Um, one thing I thought was weird was watching, just a, just a little side note, was watching the Tony Hawk ride, the pro skaters actually doing it, and it did not look as comfortable as I guess I thought it was going to be, <laughs> or something, I don't know, it just kind of looked strange to me, I guess, more than anything else. Um, let me see, you know, I really, I guess, not the the Heavy Rain trailer spoke to me a little bit, like the Love trailer. And that, like, finally I was like, well, there, there's a story they keep talking about, you know. But also, I'm, I really like the minis idea for the PSP. I, I think that's genius. I mean, the, the, like, the re- all, they're trying to capture that audience of people who buy the DS, you know. All those middle-aged women, all that stuff, who buy the DS, that's what they're going after with that. And I, I, I like games I can play for five minutes, you know. Yeah, but I'm I don't... on a bus. Yeah, but do you really see those soccer moms or whatever people that buy the DS going on the store and downloading these games, or even um, going on the well, store? I mean, I, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, I I would have said no a year ago, but that was you know now if you got people who go on iTunes and buy the, most people in the world buy their music on iTunes, you know, yep. most sure. people in the world download movies from Netflix nowadays. So people are a little more. Tech, technology bound now, I think, than they were even like a year ago, and so I to be, I don't think just based on how the PSP looks, middle-aged women aren't going to pick that up. But I think you're going to start seeing younger kids picking up, and you're going to start seeing a little bit older than teenagers starting to pick it up because primarily that console was for 13-year-old boys. No, before. see, see what I so. what what I could guess is the the the, uh, the sort of demographic they're going for is Rachel basically your girlfriend yeah i think that's the yep. perfect fit yeah well i think that yeah, the ps3 I... uh, the ps3 and the changes we're going to see in firmware 3.0 are any indication uh sony's really gung ho for making for streamlining the cross media bar on the, uh, and they're probably going to move that ideology onto the psp Make hmm. it as simple as possible to boot up the PSP and get right on to downloading minis. So I'm sure we're going to see a lot of simpl- a lot of simplification here, and I can definitely see it. At least if you can get the middle-aged ta- soccer moms to purchase the cons- uh, to purchase the system, it'll. Um, I can definitely see them doing that. The it's just getting them to get the actual system that's going to be the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And well, making I mean, it making it lavender color isn't going to cut it. <laughs> tell you that. See. Now you are actually starting to 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 get me to reconsider my stance on the PSP Go design, because when yes. I think about it, uh, the thing with the PSP that's sort of always I think scared off the casual audience are the buttons you can see and the big screen. But with the PSP Go, all you mm-hmm. see is a screen and one button, much like the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's the whole reason behind the design. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's a poor reason for gamers, but perhaps a good reason for the casuals. Sort of just popped into my mind right now, so I had to mention it. Yeah. No, good idea. I mean, I can definitely see that. I actually hadn't thought of that before, but yeah, it actually looks much more approachable now. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Very much so. Um, something else, and God, I'm. I know kip, a lot of people hate this. Kip, kip, kip. Yeah, you're popping oh. here. Hello. There we go. There we go. Oh my God! I I got to do the classic. Pull the headset out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Am I back? Yes, you're back. Everybody give Randy a hand for sending me a cheap headset. <laughs> All right. All right. Woo! Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Randy. Anyway. So, um, a lot of fanboys are probably going to dislike this, but the new Castlevania trailer, I think, looks awesome. Because you know what they did? They made Castlevania into God of War. And I love it. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with that. Yep. I... I I know it's not in a castle, and I know that makes people really <laughs> mad, and it's not a side-scroller, and I know it makes hey. Dan especially mad, but I, I think it looks good. I think it looks really good. So hmm. We haven't seen everything. There could possibly be several levels taking place inside castles, and I've seen a, yeah. couple, I've seen a couple screenshots that would say that there are midi- medieval interiors, so mm-hmm. very much so we were going to have castle levels. But again, um, wasn't really a franchise I kept on up on, but I'm happy to see that it's going to find a new audience with this release. I definitely think that's going yeah. to happen. See, this I is going to be gonna... the first. This this is going to be the first Castlevania game I play since Symphony of the Night. So, yeah. you know, well, they got me interested. That's good. Yeah. To I, me, I well, know. But the the big thing about Sim, I mean, Symphony of the Night. That's the only one I've played as well, and I've just recently beat it. I just recently went through it and got did everything or whatever. Um, the thing about that game is it's even though it's a side-scrolling fighter or whatever you want to call it it really isn't i mean it's really a strategy game a puzzle game it's like 80 different things and by taking all those things away it's going to lose a lot of hardcore fans even if you do throw kojima and his funny little kitty glasses on it you know so (laughs) anyway so well as means of moving from the smaller announcements to the big guys, I'm going to bridge our gap here and say the biggest thing for me is actually the PSP digital comic reader. That's something that actually really spoke to me, being a comic yeah. book fan, but also not liking the fact that I have to pay for uh, $4 per issue and having these stacks of books that I really can't do anything with. But mm-hmm. basically, for those of you not in the know, in addition to the minis, the PSP uh, is going to receive a new tab to their PlayStation Store, in which comics from Marvel at the moment, but several other uh, publishers in the future, can be directly downloaded and come equipped with an auto auto flow feature, which will zoom into points of interest and dialogue um, bubbles and whatnot, and that sort of simulated motion comic kind of thing. This this is the future of comics. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I don't think the PSP specifically, but I definitely no, think this this format fit. this yeah. format yeah. Very much so. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm not too much of a Marvel guy, so uh, you know, because they weren't really big in Europe. But as soon as they get someone like Dark Horse Comics, for example, who did Conan on there, I'll be really excited. Well, not only do they have Marvel maps, they also have Archie. Going for the hardcore with that one. But Archie, <laughs> Image has signed on, and I can definitely see Dark Horse, Dark Horse, indefinitely DC later later on putting on catalogs. Mm. So I think this is a really smart move that it just complete uh, that just adds another whole reason to have a PSP. I mean, I can see that being a major selling factor for a lot of people. Yeah, so can I actually. Yeah. Um, you actually... know, you know what's going to be on there probably right off the bat because in in October the God of War comic book is coming yep. out. That's going to be on there. I'm sure that I'm sure that the Resistance Two novel that they were supposed to come out with is going to be on there. I'm sure that the infamous 21-page comic book they came out with is oh, going to be on God. there. Well, I mean, actually, you, can, you, can see, you can see it online. It's online. Oh, okay. So. Cool. Uh, actually, 
this kind of gets me thinking. I'm sure Halo comics could also be on there since Microsoft doesn't really have a a, a, a platform, a handle platform. Well, they do have rights over the franchise, so I'm not exactly yeah. sure how that would work. No, but I mean, do they publish it? No, is but that... it is it is their I, it is their intellectual property. I mean, yeah, but I mean publishing rights, so they still own the basic rights. Yeah, but I mean, okay, fun, fun there is no way in hell you will ever see. I'm I'm saying it. There is no way in hell you will ever see Halo uh, touching a PlayStation product. Damn, no there we go. Kip has thrown thrown down the gauntlet. Official. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. But okay. but what I'm so. what we're gonna see, I can guarantee more PlayStation titles and exclusives getting comics tied mm. to the PSP. If it, uh, you know, exclusive timed releases on the system, all this stuff, we're going to see a lot more comic to game integration because of this. I'm wondering either way, that's awesome. I'm wondering why they're 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 not doing it on the PS3 as well. Just because people I bet like you to. They re- are. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, 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 I could. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. I mean, essentially, aren't they just video files you're going to be downloading? Um, slide What I know. Wouldn't it just be slideshows with, you know, a zoom-in feature? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, basically, or pictures or whatever, so I'm sure that the PlayStation 3 will support it. I would be be very surprised if it didn't. That would be weird. Yeah. Well, regardless, we're going to see that in December, so everyone look out for that. And that is not exclusive to the PSP Go, and hell, it might not even be exclusive to the PSP from what Kip thinks. Also, I want to... I want to um, uh, mention that this is the PSP di- digital reader. It's not the digital yes. comic reader. So it could be books. It could be, you know, whatever. Newspapers. Absolutely. So, yeah. But comics is its main focus now, but I can definitely see all sorts of things. Hmm. Hey, so it'll, make, it'll make getting game manuals easier with your digital downloader, downloadable purchases. Yeah. If, they, uh, if they were to, let's say they really got behind this, could that compete with the Kindle? Or no? No. Um, I think so. No. No. Um, storage media on the Kindle just outpaces PSP severely. No, but with PSP Go, you could basically swap out the... Uh, that's true. The, that's uh, an additional pack on purchase as opposed to on, on hardware media, uh, on hardware storage media. Yeah. But and, again, also the PSP price point is $50 cheaper than the, than the cheapest Kindle, so that could definitely be a sort of contention point. Also, how much space do you really need for text and pictures? I mean, yeah. surprisingly, surprisingly, it does add up. But again, if you if you're just buying an issue a week, you're not going to see any sort of build up for months, mm. if not a year. Yeah. And then I guess you could always just back up something you're not currently reading on the PC or maybe even PS3. Yep. Well, here's here's what I know. I would probably in my life never buy a Kindle to read anything. I just would think it would be pointless for me. But if I had a PSP, I would start doing that. Like, I would start reading graphic novels and comics on there. I just would, because I would, it would be another feature. So that's why, I think, that's why I think it's good, is that it's a convenience of a bigger device versus the Kindle is solely made for people who just read, you know? Yep. yep. So. Well, also, it, I mean, I guess this kind of, um, kind of um, competes against the iPhone as well. Because you can do that on the phone yes. with certain apps and stuff. Uh, but I, I think a, a major part we're sort of li- missing out on here is battery life. 
because that's mm-hmm. obviously important when you're starting to read uh, books and stuff, which takes a few hours. Yeah. So, True. you know, I, I guess that they, they, they'll go, they're going to have to improve that. Yeah, the PSP Go doesn't have any better battery time than uh, than the um, than the current what? one. No, it, ha- it has to. No, that, if it doesn't have a, if, it, if, if it doesn't have a UMD. Yeah, that's what I also thought. But apparently, somehow, uh, because of the, the the upgraded hardware or something, it, it's. I, I remember really? reading something about that that it had a, just about the same battery life. So. No, I I never had a problem with the PSP's battery life. I mean, yeah. you, you get like seven or eight hours out of it. So. And it's easy to charge, but. Uh... I'm feeling far too much like a Sony fanboy now. I need to flavor the conversation a bit. We're going to talk about Fable, the Fable conference. Microsoft <laughs> supposedly had a had a conference at Gamescom, but I didn't see it. What I did see Peter Molyneux talking on stage for about 47 minutes um, <laughs> with a point PowerPoint pr- presentation, but two major announcements came out of that. One, Fable 2 is going episodic, which means it will be split into five parts and downloaded digitally, offered at a reduced price point. And I think, actually... At first glance, that seems like a very odd, kind of weird decision. But the more you think about it, it makes sense um, due to the game's overall length. I beat it in about seven hours, and that was just me. That was me going absolutely gung ho for the uh, for the inquest. So I mean, split it up to five times. I mean, on an average skill level, that would be two hours per time. So, the only I mean, people, the only people who are going to download that game episodically already own it. Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, um, yeah. It, it, to me, it seems like a bad idea. First of all, Fable Two is basically split up into two parts. It's the part where you're away and the part where you get back. And those who have played it know what I mean. But yeah, uh, I just don't see. It's an open world game. It doesn't lend itself well to episodes. Because then you'll have to. You basically download the entire game, right? And you you're able to go anywhere, so so, and then you just would, unlock stuff with the next I, episodes. I wouldn't really call Fable an open world game. It seems kind of restricted in that in that ability, but um, I can see them blocking off things. And yeah, that would be an, that would be irritating, but I still think it could possibly be a good move, especially considering the first of five episodes are free. So you can see them drawing in at least for someone that's going to buy another episode because you can buy them per episode. Or just pay a bulk fee for the entire game, and I, I'm pretty sure at the very least, you can probably get the game cheaper, episodically by just playing the first episode and downloading the rest of the game than you can buying the game on disc. Which may or may that may or may not be true, but I can definitely see that happening. So, so I would guess. Case, so then I would call this a glorified demo. Hmm. Perhaps I mean that's well. Anyway, good. Gavin, why did you think it was a good idea? I'm not trying to feed you to the sharks. I just would like to hear a different opinion as well. I just—it's uh, a game that makes a decent enough impression in which a free first chapter could uh, would lead to a lot of people um, purchasing it in sections. I think it's a much more attractive offer than seeing the game as a full. And I think a lot of a lot of the criticisms for the game were lodged at its length and all of that stuff and being for that price at that at that length. So I can see those that were kind of turned off on the initial reviews seeing one-fifth of the game for free and then buying episodically as a much more, um, what's the word, consumer-friendly deal. So I think they can pull up a lot of people that were on the edge with this. Uh, also, I think, yeah, I think you have a point. I think also it could pull in the kind of guys that sort of just uh, 
Scour or Xbox Bugs Life to download anything free, but they don't really spend money on stuff. So if they sort of yeah. really get into this, they could end up buying the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really think it's the kind of game that will bring in um, bring in uh, a lot of revenue for for Microsoft. Oh no, I don't expect Lionhead or Microsoft to be expecting you know equaling their on disc sales. I think a it's going to build up anticipation for Fable Three, the big announcement for the Microsoft conference, and it's also just going to bring in a lot of marginal sales. Mm. And I think that's I think that's what it is. I mean, there isn't. I doubt this has required any sort of production time on their part. It's just supplemental income at this point. And I think they're going to receive at least a good chunk. Yeah. But but like I said, the big announcement for the Microsoft slash Lionhead slash Peter Molyneux conference is Fable 3, um, the third installment in the Fable franchise. And you guys want to hear a joke? Peter sure, Molyneux, yeah. says, it's, Peter Molyneux says it's going to be released next year. But I'm saying, <laughs> it's not. It's not, yeah. No. I mean, unless they consider December 31st, two, 2010, to be a reasonable release date, I doubt we're going to be seeing well, it in 20. Okay, wait wait a minute. Are they using the same engine? Cause then uh, I, we, don't, I, we have no details on that. No, because if they are, then I could actually see it being released next year. Um, from what Peter Molyneux discussed, again, keep in mind this is Peter Molyneux speak, not usual developer speak. It seems yeah. that they're definitely doing a new take on the world, and if they are using the initial engine, it's going to be widely expanded. But let's let's go into some details here so we have something to talk about. Um, in Fable 3, you are going to be king slash queen. Um, it's a it's been a customizable option in the past games. You, if you bought up everything, you were basically king. But here you are in Fable Three, story driven to be king. In the beginning, you overthrow a tyrant by amassing yourself a little rebellious army, and then you become the establishment afterwards. And you have various political choices, like do you donate money to this guy? Do you donate money to this guy? Do you support this faction to support this faction? How much um, injustice do you clean up in the environment? Uh, how do you divvy up the economics. I mean, you are the king for the entirety of Albion. And while I think that's a cool idea in theory, I can't, I can see the gameplay descending into a political simulation, which is not the most attractive or entertaining object. But more than, mm-hmm. more than just, more than just that game, have some several new mechanics that Molyneux has been touching on. Um, touch being the key word here. Um, there is something that he refers to as dynamic touch, in which that furthers the emotional connection, supposedly, and you various ways to, um, I have no way of of saying this without sounding weird, touch people. Um, He gave the example of running into a burning building and cuddling someone to reassure them, which I I laughed at the image for that, just a king bursting into a flaming building and cuddling somebody. But, (laughs) but you, you know, um, you could like offer a handshake or a hug, and depending on that, that that emphasizes a different relationship. And he, um, it seemed like he's going to try and make that a major part of the game, which I don't know how that could fit into a larger spectrum, but I can definitely see how that would work. So, so, um, so obviously, this is going to have something to do with Metal, then. Yeah. Um, perhaps. Um, I'm not sure they can put the whole game on Metal. I. Uh, he, uh, he mentioned none of it. My voice is cracking. Odd. Um, and I'm looking for one more feature. Um, the other one is Judgments, where as king, you are presented a sort of King Solomon scenario with one side and another saying a little girl is stealing from a rather popular chef. And in judging, 
who do you side with that will reflect in the larger world? Do you judge with the girl and do not put her in jail or uh, retrieve her punishment? You may see that girl to grow up and be a member of society. You side with the judge and she gets put in jail and her life pretty much ends. So that could offer, that's something I would definitely see as more of a gameplay draw in terms of decision making. And it could also greatly lengthen the replay value depending on how widely implemented. See, unlike you, I'm really loving this whole King stuff. Because to me, it seems like the fans of Fable would be a fan of that idea. Because that's really what Fable is about, this sort of whole moral choice. And making you the king makes you even more of a... I mean, yeah. think th- think of how it would turn out if you were a villain, a, a bad guy, such as I always am in this game, this kind of game. You would basically be the evil count from, you know, um, Robin Hood or something. Yep. A tyrant, as Peter Molyneux says. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I, I can see that becoming really fun and, and really sort of immersive. Because it, it, yeah. it would basically be the, be the sort of storybook uh, bad guy. But I, I think the chief concern with this kind of gameplay emphasis is how much is that going to subtract from the actual action um, fighting and spellcasting that yeah, the but game has become let, known for. Let, let's be honest. Is that really the main selling part of the Fable game? Is that really the main... Uh, Mechanic? Mm-hmm. No, it's not the main mechanic, but it certainly is a core component. Yeah. Especially for Fable 2, and I'm wondering how much, how they're going to strike a balance between this um, moral, moral ambiguity gameplay and straight, more action-fighting kind of thing. Because a king, a, a king, by pretty much any degree, does not do much unless declaring war, and which is an option from what Peter Molyneux says, but other than that, I'm not sure how we can get the king off his throne, but I'm looking yeah, forward to see how they try. And also, if you're a bad guy, you'd probably get all your henchmen to do their stuff anyway, so... It would become a game of Overlord. But, yeah. But, either way, um, we're going to see how this uh, we're gonna see how this comes to fruition, and supposedly, laughing, um, to t- uh, 2010. But regardless, <laughs> we're going to see more details before then. But that is Fable 3, so look forward to that, and look forward to touching people, as Peter Molyneux says. <laughs> but again, we come to the final and probably argue, um, undeniably biggest announcement, um, the PlayStation Slim SKU and the price cut for both the Slim SKU and the 80-gig version that is currently out on the market. The PS3 is now $299, and the Slim SKU has come out, um, being 34% lighter, 32% less power consumption uh, associated figures. So, okay, so, so how much is an uh, Xbox uh, arcade now? Is it 199 199 for the arcade and 249 for the Wii. Okay. Yeah. Well, so the, 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 Elite, the Elite just got dropped down to 299 uh, on August 30th. Yep. Okay, so... That was just confirmed today, I think. Okay. So. There you go. That's a direct. Re- that's probably a direct response to the slim. But we have now we have two directly competing 120 gigabyte systems from PlayStation and um, Xbox. So specifically on PlayStation, then what do you guys think? How is this going to affect Sony well, and the PlayStation? Obviously, it's going to affect it pos- positively. Uh, it 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 couldn't go the other way. I'm just wondering how much positive positive uh, positive uh, feedback they're going to get. Um, uh, let's say forty percent more. Um, they're then. saying they're saying they're saying forty to sixty percent are the estimates right now. Who's saying increases. that? Um, 
Joy... Hold on, I'm trying to find... I think it's either on Kotaku or Joystick. I'm not really sure. But they're well, reporting 40 yeah. to 60% plant. I that's think that's a good estimate. That's it's going to go up. And NPD is doing that, actually. Um, okay. I, yeah, would actually I would actually say that this is probably the best time they could have announced it for this year. Mm. I think that, primes, I pro- that probably primes them for their best, or at least one of their best um, holiday seasons in the console's life cycle. And, and, and personally, I'm more happy that this just makes me right. This makes my <laughs> prediction spot on, so... <laughs> really? That's what I'm excited about. You go, man. Um, you go. The, uh, I think what this entire thing that we're looking at right now, what it is, is a response to the first two years of Sony's, like, of, of the PlayStation 3 launch. They've switched almost everything about it. They they made it look it's smaller for one. Mm-hmm. It looks a ton more like a PS2. Mm. I mean, just a ton. I mean, it's substantially more like a PS2. Even the symbol has changed to a PS yep. uh, the PS3 symbol that is the PS2 symbol. What this is is exactly what Jack Trenton said in his announcement. This is the sweet spot they've been waiting for, where all those PlayStation 2 owners, all 140 million of them are going to start looking at it and going, yeah, maybe I should get a PS3 now. Mm. And they're going to... And, what, yeah. and, and if you look at the firmware update, how easy they've made everything... They've made it... It's very much an entryway now. The PS3, when you look at it, looks very plain now. The slim, it doesn't look like... The PlayStation 3, the old one, is very... As I like to call it, the PlayStation 3 Husky. It's... <laughs> It's very gaudy, it's very big, it's like the buttons, everything like that is, is like futuristic looking, and that turned off a lot of consumers. So now they've 180 that, they've made the buttons old, it looks much more like a game console, it looks just like the PS2. Now when you open up with the new firmware update, you're going to have those stores underneath everything. It's, I mean, it's like baby friendly now. Mm. So what that's going to do is all those people who are just, you know, people who own a PS2 are buying PS3s now for a Blu-ray player are going to go, what the hell's the store? Click <laughs> in and then be like, wow, I didn't know any of this. That's the reaction I think Sony's waiting for is that, wow, what the hell is this? I don't even know what this is. And then going through stuff like home, the cancer thing, the the video <laughs> okay, uh, store, tip, all these tip. different things. So. I think we need to explain that because for those of you that uh, for those of our listeners that don't know, referencing the PS3 and the cancer thing might not be the best move here. Um, yeah. Basically, the PlayStation 3 comes equipped with something called Life with PlayStation, in which you could activate the PlayStation and get this sort of screensaver of the world and its power usage. And what it does, it's, it contributes the electricity your PlayStation 3 is using into a laboratory that's using that said electricity for various cancer and other disease research. So basically you're yeah. paying you're paying in electricity to various research. And while an yeah. interesting concept, I can't see that ever going past um two per uh to the twelve percent integration for PS3 users. You have no idea how many people on my friends list use that as their uh, as their sort of, sort of they basically never turn off the PS3, they just have that on at all times when really? they're not at it. It's it's insane how many people use it. I mean it's on the it's on the it comes on the cross media bar. I mean you just go down to it. Yeah. I mean it's you don't have to do anything. You just click it, you know. So everyone I think has clicked it at one point and, or another. And I think the important that, I think the important thing is that it, it, it shows you how much you've contributed. So it gives you this sort of feeling of satisfaction. I think maybe that's why people yeah. use it so much. Yeah. I think so. maybe Moss friends are not indicative of everyone because no, 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 I haven't heard anyone aside Moss friends list 
seems as a surprise to me because I've heard of no one even knowing the, knowing of this feature. And when I speak of this feature, that I'm not, none I've seen in, uh, have seen excuse me interested. Mm. And um, I and especially for those of uh, for those that are conscious of money, having the um, the PS3 on so much with its energy consumption, despite the PS3 Slim's reduced power consumption, is not necessarily an attractive model. They would rather just turn the system off and save what they believe to be money. Yep. So, but again, I mean, like Kip said, you're going to see a lot of people now getting into the PS3 and getting to these features that they've never seen before. And you're going to see video rentals go up. You're probably going to see comic rent, uh, comics go up and uh, for a standard service. You're going to see more life with PlayStation. And I think that's a good move for Sony. But we have seen, we have been getting complaints, people, um, guys. We have been see, uh, receiving a couple of key complaints with the PlayStation 3 Slim. One of which is the still and now confirmed to be never ever ever have PS2 software compatibility. No backwards compatibility for the PS3. And that mm-hmm. has been a, and outside of the hardcore gamer, that uh, hasn't been much of an issue. But inside the community, it's been a rather lambasted decision. Um, but other than that, the other component is the PS3's look. Again, from more of the hardcore community, um, a lot of people have not liked the sort of aesthetics that Sony choose. It, um, they've referred to the system as ugly or um, stupid looking, if I may use the. Uh, vocabulary of the forumites but what do you guys think of these complaints i mean a uh, lot of them are aesthetics but me personally having back, uh, ps2 backwards compatibility would be something i would appreciate despite already owning a ps2 because i can't connect my ps2 to my hdb i don't have the ability to do so um, so due to my model due to my hdd tv model so having it just it just simplifies things but again i i can side with sony here saying that for the cost of manufacturing a system capable with uh, backwards compatibility, does not equal the reward of additional purchases. So, mm. but what do you guys think? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I, I don't think Sony would make money on doing so. I don't think it makes sense for them to do so. Uh, it, in terms of PR, it would be a cool little boost uh, think back when they used to have backwards compatibility uh, it was an okay feature that people said yeah I respect Sony for doing that but it wasn't really oh my god it's backwards compatible we have to go and buy one right now uh, uh-huh. it just to me it, it, uh, they're building their their um, library with new games and with downloadable games and I think uh, I think they understand that that's really what's important and that's what people were complaining about a few years ago uh, and that has made people buy the system, uh, contrary to um, to their removal of the backwards compatibility. They didn't lose any sales on that. In fact, the sales increased because they were able to to decre- decrease the price of the console by 200 bucks. So, oh. yeah, I, I don't really see it as that's such a big big of a problem. Uh, most people have PS2s. I suggest you use them. Uh, Gavin, I suspect you're in a rarity who is unable to use the PS2 on the on the TV. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, it would be nice. It would be nice to be able to use the virus, wireless controllers and not have to, you know, deal with the cords all the time and all that, but get over it. It's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's, here's my thoughts on it. Find me the person who owns a PS3 who never owned a PS2. Please find me that person. Elliot. I, I will yeah, I will well. 
that shall be my quest. It shall be Gavin's quest, and I shall update you periodically. And let me tell you this. And if you're that if you're that guy, and you care that much about getting backwards compatibility, then you're gonna go find a 60 gigabyte system and pay the difference for it. And that's the boat you're in because you're a very small minority. You there is there is I I there's probably one percent of hardcore gamers out there who don't own a PS2. Fact. So. Okay. Well, there you guys go. Okay. <laughs> the the uh, the what's the word? The the just the strong and just father routine from both Kip and Moss on the uh, yeah. the backwards compatibility complaints. Okay, guys, let's round up this discussion here. Um, what uh, do you guys think? Very simply, what do you guys think of the overall Gamescom this year? Should we uh, should we mention the design first of the Slim? Um, well, certainly. I mean, what what exactly did you want to discuss? No, I just wanted to say I, I understand where people are coming from with the whole oh, yeah. uh, with the whole it looks ugly thing. Um, it's certainly not as impressive and shiny looking as the current uh, model. Um, I think. Uh, it, the the one we have right now looks like a really high tech futuristic device, as, as Kip mentioned. It looks like something that someone who has a kick ass uh, entertainment center would really want uh, to have in the center of it. It looks like it belongs in an audio files home or something. Mm-hmm. Um, while the one that's out now looks more like um, a practical device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The- so yeah, I definitely see where people are coming from. I just have to remind everyone that this design is not for them. It's it's for the yeah. other guys. It's for the guys that haven't bought a, a PS3 yet. Uh, and yeah. yeah. Right. But, but, well, hey, uh, what else is before yeah. was a before when it was all shiny, everybody complained. Oh, it gets fingerprints all over. It. It's all dirty all the time. It looks all smudged. They take that away, and now everybody's like, it's not shiny anymore. Well, yeah. shit, you know, come I think, on. Well, the You're hardcore never gamers the fan boys. Yeah, yeah never going to please them. So, I think I've it's cool. I think it's I like I like the simplicity of it personally. I think it's uh I think it's not, I think it's cool. I like that they're making it look like a PS2 and they're being a little bit more humble with it. I like that. So, okay. Um I actually came across a good uh, interesting topic while um talking here um actually for the P- uh in terms of the release of the P- ps1 um as opposed to the psx and the playstation 2 slim the playstation 3 slim is much sooner in the life the life the planned life cycle of the console uh what kind of what do you think that reflects in terms of sony's mindset do you think that um sony's falling back on old situation uh, on an old plan to deal with what they believe to be a sort of um negative situation, what do you guys, uh, do you guys think that actually came into play in this decision? No, uh, I think the price, getting the price down is the reason yeah. it exists. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. Um, I guess at the same time, this is the natural progression of technology, that if yeah. the PS1 took five years to get a slim out, and the PS2 took three years, I'm not surprised this one, or what, you know, whatever, I'm not yeah, surprised yeah. it exponentially is going down. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, like like uh, Michael Pachter always says, like, probably going to keep seeing new SKUs every year, you know, till the consoles are dead. That's just yeah. the fact. And, and that's just, so. I mean, that's smart. That's not a bad idea. As, as many people, yeah. as many people get frustrated, frustrated with that, that's a good idea, because that 
drums up interest in the product again. No matter how many people say, oh, it's just another one and it's just, you know, it's the same one as we had before or it's just a small tweak, that makes that makes it, them able to do ads now on you, uh, you know, 200 gig model with uh, extra blah, 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 you know, on, on, you know, on Super Bowls and stuff like that. So it's yeah. important for them to be able to say that just because it makes it fresh and new again. Here's a here's a question for you. Um, with the DS, a phenomenon that I think the PSP Go is going off this too. The DS, a phenomenon that Nintendo ran into that they didn't expect to run into, was that a lot of people who owned a Nintendo DS went out and bought a Nintendo DSi, and yep. they didn't. They were like, that was a very surprising thing. And I think the PSP Go is banking on this as well. That a lot of people, like myself, who already own a PSP, are going to probably go out and get a PSP Go. So, I wonder if there's any chance PS3 owners may go out and buy, maybe not right now, but maybe at the next price cut, go buy another PS3. Uh, I see myself um, probably sometime in the future before my warranty goes out uh, having an accident as it were, as it were and, and getting a new one for free. That's the slim, yeah. obviously. Uh, just because, uh, you know, mine's getting to the point right now where it's starting to make, uh, where the fans are starting to make a bit noise. So yeah. either I would have to to unscrew the whole thing and open the thing up to clean out all the dust, uh, and oh. then ruin the warranty, or just get a slim. So. No. Did, which version of the PS3 you got? That's- I've had two actually. My my 60 gig uh, got the whole Blu-ray reading disc disc error thing, so I turned that in and got a 40 gig instead for free, of course. Uh, with the, if you if you shut off your PS3, shut off the back and everything. No, I know, I know, I know about the oh, okay. whole fan thing. Uh, it 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 doesn't oh, okay. help. It, it's it's oh, gone beyond that okay. point. Well, I'm going to tell people anyway over the podcast. A yeah. lot of people don't know that little secret. On the 40 gig models of the PS3, if you cut it all off, turn off the power in the back, hold the eject button, your fan will cl- clean itself potentially by firing really, really fast for like 10 seconds. Right yeah, it, and it fires air outwards instead of in. So, yeah. Kips tip corner. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Kips tip. Bunch. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, I think that rounds out our individualized discussion of it. Um, what do you guys? Um, what do you guys think of the convention as a whole? I think that Kazurai's prediction is um, on the way of coming true. I think with all this media that we're getting here and its position during the year, I think that Gamescom could be uh, could become in the future one of the big three conferences where we're going to see regularly all these major announcements coming. I mean, in previous it wasn't that big, but now uh, I think it's positioned to be up there, not not necessarily directly competing with E3, but definitely up there as something of importance. Yep, uh, but I, I do wish they would move it to somewhere like uh, London or something instead, just because uh, having it in a German-speaking country uh, where people... N- no offense, Germans, but you guys, you suck at English. Sorry, but you just you can't speak the language. Um, and that's your own fault for not uh, teaching it in schools and stuff. Um, so... Yeah, I just I want it to be more of an international event. Okay. Even though it kind of is this year. So. Mm-hmm. Kip, what do you think? Um, honestly, I I mean, other than Sony, who announced things there? 
Microsoft yeah. made a, in my opinion, a makeshift announcement of shit. We have nothing to announce at this conference to compete yeah. for publicity. So let's just say Halo. Let's just say we don't have anything to announce about Halo. We probably don't have anything to announce about Gears of War. What do we got left in our arsenal? Uh, let's just have Peter Molyneux, who's the, what is his position in Microsoft now? He's like the bigger guy now. Well, yeah. obviously believe, he's going to yeah. talk about he, he's going to talk about his own game. I mean that doesn't yeah. shock me. You know, and I talk about all the future and potential in it. And so, I mean, to me, I, it's, I, it, even though Kaz said it, it was definitely pandering to the fans. Oh, and yeah. I don't I, think, I mean, until we see Nintendo and Microsoft there competing over publicity at a more substantial level, I don't think it's up there yet. And so. you got, well, and you got to remember, Sony is the one with the biggest stake, well, apart yeah. from Nintendo, in the European market as well, so... I'm not yeah. saying Casper is a predictor of gaming trends here. I am saying that due to its position in the year and due to its in marginal increase in terms of multi-platform game releases uh, announcements and the potential for more, I can see it in the future becoming mm. something. I'm not saying just because Casper said it. I think I definitely think that Nintendo needs a presence because they were non-existent this year. But once mm-hmm. these two presences evolve, which I think is a natural progression, we're going to see in future years. It's going to expand, and it's going to be one of the big to-be-there to dates. By the way, something that just popped into my head, um, again, uh, <laughs> I can imagine the, the Microsoft guy sitting in a conference room and, uh, and discussing what they wanted to do for uh, Gamescom, and I can imagine them just saying, you know, we, we'll put uh, Peter Molyneux up there, he can talk for an hour, no problem. Just Because yeah. that guy never stops, and, and <laughs> yeah. he's Well, and he's also, I mean... Okay, like, uh, among the, the the three speakers, uh, like, you know, Jack Trenton comes off as very, I think, very, very humble mm. and kind of, like, down home a little bit, you know? Yeah. And then I think Peter, Peter Moore, he, even though he's not there anymore, Peter Moore came off as kind of the opposite. He came off as, like, very strong-headed and, like, all about his product and everything like that. But then I get Peter Molyneux, and I just kind of get this cult leader feel. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you don't you don't know the things that are coming. They're all coming. The wor- your world's gonna change, and all this. And I'm just kind of like, dude. Like when he when I if you go back and like with that with that state of mind going into watching the Milo thing from E3, it's really creepy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, and the fact that he kind of I mean we we've talked about it on the podcast before. He kind of looks like the the one cult leader, what's his name? The uh, the Hale-Bopp Comet, whatever cult, the cult leader, the ball no, guy. Yeah. He kind of looks like him. Anyway, the guys who they killed themselves, mass. They all wore the same tennis shoes, and they were gonna follow the Hale-Bopp Comet. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he he looks a lot like the leader of that cult. I can't think of his name, but. And he has. Re- I mean, it's it, yeah. He has intense eyes and stuff like that. So yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but moving on, moving on. Personally, I think he feels. <laughs> Almost like a grandfather, but then again, my grandfather was a cult leader. But, okay. What? All right, guys. Whoa. What? <laughs> it was a, Time out. It was a joke. Time out. It was, it was a joke. I was trying to... Okay, now you have... It. Fine. Now you have to tell us about your real grandfather. Um, I never knew my grandfather on my mother's side. My grandfather on my father's side was a member of the Navy and died of lung cancer. Oh. Hmm. It, nothing really funny about that, guys. There's reason that I... <laughs> I mean, I just thought it'd be funny to say cult leader, but okay. So, I, okay. Yeah. Oh. This is all right. So this was um, the Gavin fails the joke <laughs> challenge. 
But while <laughs> I have you guys, let's let's round out here with our uh, with our weekly pimps. Uh, Matt, for the pimp master, pimp away, sir, pimp away. Pimp uh, away so so I'm just gonna. I mean, I've done this a couple of times, and I'm sure you guys are getting sick of hearing it. So I'm going to make this really, really simple. Uh, I'm going to just say I'm disappointed, and I hope you guys approve. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and okay. uh, now being the PR guy, I'm going to spin that. <laughs> and what Mots really meant was that so far, you guys have done a pretty good job, but we feel like you could do a fantastic job <laughs> and contribute more to our site in the form of reviews. So, yeah. <laughs> and ratings. And ratings. But you did do good on GamersCon Day. That was a really big day for us. So. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so anyway, sum, submit your reviews. Submit your features. We haven't got a feature in a long time. And I know from the threads, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts that we would love to hear in a more structured format. So, Put it on paper, guys. But, again, uh, one more more pimp. I just want to say while we're on the larger topic of Gamescom, I want to throw out a thank you from personally myself and everyone else on the site to Robin, uh, another writer on our news staff. He... Uh, he and I uh, took on the conferences. He was a major help, and it's because of him that we were able to get so much on the site so quickly and in so so much in depth. So we owe him a lot for our coverage and just for keeping our site um, so active that uh, those few days. So thank you, Robin. Yep. Hey, Robin. Woohoo! <laughs> all right, um, we all cool, guys. Yeah, we all set. Yep. All right, let's. All right, this was episode 19 of Elder Speak, the official podcast for Elder-Geek.com. I am Gavin, news editor for the site. I was host, and with me this week was Mops. Bye, guys. And Kim. Bye. Later, See guys. You later. For listening. See you later. Bye. Episode 20 next week. Spectacular. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We're out of I love it.